Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Little. We're here with episode 223 of Weekly Poker Hand. Thanks for being with me again today. If you've been here for all 223, let me know. You deserve an award, but I don't have anything for you, so tough luck. Uh, here, we are down to two players in the $10,000 buy-in Party Poker Live event that took place in Punta Cana last year. The one this year is going to be in the Bahamas. I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. And um, we're heads up. Me and Preben Stocken, we have been battling back and forth for quite a while now. Blinds have gone up to 600,000, 1.2 million. And I have about 31 million chips, so about 26 big blinds. And here we have it. The final hand. Let's see how it goes down. He's on the button. And he goes all in. All right. First question. What are our pot odds? We have to put in just said we had 31 million so we have to put in 30 million more to win a pot that's going to be 62.3 million so what we do is we do 30 divided by 62.3 equals 48 percent so we need to win more than 48 percent of the time to justify calling in this scenario this is just a straight up math problem a lot of people think okay i don't i really don't want to call off flipping or i i hope i get pocket aces don't have thoughts like this just realize immediately opponent goes all in I need to call with hands that have more than 48.3% equity. Um, some people may say things like, oh, I really don't want to call it off if I think I'm only going to have 50% equity because I'm looking for a better edge. It's very important to realize we're playing against one of the best heads-up players in the world. It's very important to have self, I don't know, self, it's important to be able to see yourself from the correct point of view. And right here, I'm probably an underdog to Preben. He plays online poker all the time for very high stakes. And everyone I talked to said, yeah, he's one of the best heads-up players. Okay, <laughs> that means I probably am at a disadvantage in this game. So, in reality, maybe I need to call off if I have 47% equity. Because he will presumably otherwise take advantage of whatever, he ha whatever edge he has on me. So, let's keep that in mind. I have a few images here. If you're not watching this, um, I highly suggest you do over at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash WPH. Like I said, this is the second time he has done this all-in for about 25 big blinds. What do I think his range looks like? Well, a standard quote-unquote default range, in my mind, is going to be something like pocket sixes to pocket twos, ace five suited to ace two suited, and then ace eight offsuit to ace two offsuits. Okay? Against that range, how does pocket threes fare? That is what I have, by the way. guess we should let you see my hand. We do look down at a three and a three. And as you can see me here, I do some quick math and say, I think this is a call. I think for about one second and pop my chips in there. And you may ask, how in the world do you call off the pocket threes in this scenario? Well, I've done some study of poker away from the table. And in this scenario, as we see, against that six is a twos, ace five suited, ace two suited, ace eight offsuit to ace two offsuit, we have 52% equity which is way more than the required 48%, or maybe even 47% if I think I'm at a disadvantage. Um, imagine you were playing against someone who is really, really bad, and you think you're going to be able to slowly grind them down. Maybe you want to have like 50% equity or 51% equity, but even then, 52% is probably too much to turn down. So if his range is this range that I think is probably accurate, these are hands that most people are jamming in this spot. Maybe he has a few more big cards like king, nine offsuit, uh, maybe has queen 10 offsuit, stuff like that. Maybe has some suited connectors like 8-5 suited, etc. All of those are going to be roughly flipping or slightly behind. So this 
um, equity table is going to be roughly the same. Let me show you what happens if he's shoving way, way wider. If he's shoving tens to twos, ace-jack suited, ace-two suited, king-ten king suited, king-eight suited, basically a whole lot of stuff. Stuff like nine-eight offsuit, ten-nine offsuit, jack-nine offsuit. I don't think he's doing that, but if he is, three still has 49.8% equity, which is way more than the required 48%. 49 is more than 48. And that's really it. So you may ask, how do I know this ahead of time? Well, we studied, but also a little trick you can use is that if you dominate any of the hands in your opponent's shoving range and you're not dominated by very many, then usually you should find a call if you need to be roughly 50-50. So if you go back to the initial range I had, sixes to twos, we're dominated by sixes and fives and fours, and we dominate twos. So this, the fours and the twos sort of counter each other, right? And then we're dominated by two hands, six combinations of hands each, sixes and fives, okay? So that is 12 combinations of his range that we are dominated by. If you look at the rest of the range, we have ace-two suited and ace-two offsuit and ace-three suited and ace-three offsuit. Well, there's 16 combinations of ace-two, right? That's a lot. Then there's also um, eight combinations of ace-three. So that is 24 combinations that we dominate. So we dominate 24, and we are dominated by 12. Now, clearly, we're in worse shape whenever we're against the pair. So, you know, whatever, adjust the numbers a bit. Call it 12 we're dominated, and um, I don't know, 18 that we dominate. Well, clearly, if we dominate him more than he dominates us on average, we have a very easy call. Um, so that's it. That's the end of the thought process. There's not much more to say here. The fact that we are heads up doesn't matter. Some people say, oh, you should fold because of the payout implications. But there are no payout implications when you're playing heads up. We did not make a deal. And I believe second place was 175K. And I think first was about 275K. So we're playing just $100,000 buy-in or $50,000 buy-in each heads up match. And that's it. That's all we're doing. There are no extra bonuses for surviving at this point. We're trying to call off when we have any sort of edge at all. And right here, we have a bit of an edge. It's not a big edge, but it is a little bit of an edge, and that is good enough. So as you see, we pop it in there. We have pocket threes against the ace-five offsuit. I like that he showed ace-five offsuit. I would really hate if he showed like pocket eights or pocket nines or ace queen, right? Because then the analysis we all just went through is, a little, is sort of out the window. Even then, though, if he is shoving that wide range, the wider range that we initially showed, including ace-jack suited, king-ten suited, pocket tens, um, in that scenario, we still have 49.8% equity, which is way more than 52. Or, I'm sorry, it's way more than 48. I say way more. 1%. 1% does matter. Whenever you're playing poker against great players, you need to take whatever edge you can get. Here's our edge. We got it. Let's see if it will manifest. Flop comes, king for two. So now we just don't want an ace or a three. Turns an ace though. Now we need a five. <laughs> River's a three. We make a set. Don't go and complain to your friends that, um, you know, I lost with a set heads up. No, we lost with a flip heads up. Doesn't matter how the board runs out. What matters is how did the money get in? And here, we needed to win 48% of the time and we were going to win probably 50 to 52%. I think a lot of people view losing a tournament in just like a rather big flip scenario somewhat anticlimactic or frustrating or something like that. But in reality, that's how most tournaments are going to end. We played heads up for a very long time. Neither player really gained much traction one way or the other because when we got heads up, he had a two to one advantage on me. And, you know, eventually the blinds 
doubled and doubled, and, and here we are. We have to win some hands, and we did not do it. So we got second place for, I believe, $175,000. Not a bad score. And we move on to the next one. So that's going to be it for this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. If you enjoyed me going through my hands live, let me know, and I'll try to find some more of those. Ideally, I can win, win, a final, win another tournament or make a final table. Um, but yeah, next episode, we're probably going to go back to more footage from Stone's Gambling Hall. I, I like going over their footage as well. If you like more tournament hands, let me know. If you like more cash game hands, let me know. The thing is, you have to understand, I have to make this podcast to appeal to as many poker players as I can. A lot of people say, I only want cash game content or I only want tournament content. Well, we got to mix it up. So I hope you enjoyed this. If you didn't, well, there's an unsubscribe button somewhere. Good luck in your games. And I'll be back next week with some more fun poker hands to go through.